Good afternoon, y'all. And happy Lord's Day. Thank you. Guys, this week was a big week, big weekend. A lot of the graduates from uh, Nichols have graduated, and uh, Edie White. And so congratulations, even Thibodeau High, too. Congratulations to all of our graduates. It's good to have y'all here, whoever is here that has graduated. Guys, um, this weekend, it's a, it's a big weekend, uh, the Ascension of Our Lord. And, you know, I, I asked many people this week, good practicing Catholics, what's the Ascension? Do you know what it is? It's one that we kind of forget about. As Catholics, we're just kind of like, uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what it is. And you might know, some people had some of it, right? But nobody was able to like really nail it. Like They got it, right? Some of you might know, and that's awesome. But for the most part, we skip over the Ascension pretty quick. If I ask you, what's, uh, what's Lent all about? You would easily probably say, well, it's about the passion and death of our Lord, right? It's about Jesus dying for my sins. And then we could also probably ask the question, hey, what's, what's Easter about? And you'd probably say, what's about the resurrection of Jesus? Like he conquered sin and death and rose from the dead, right? We normally as Catholics know about those two. And we definitely know about the birth of baby Jesus, right? Christmas. But the ascension is one that gets lost amongst the shuffle. But it's, it's huge. It's really huge. And I want to break it open today because without the ascension, it's real simple. Heaven was not open. Real simple. Jesus died on the cross, saved us of our sins. Jesus rose from the dead, showed that he has power over death. But heaven wasn't open until the ascension happened. All right? So we're going to break it open. But that's the simple answer, right? Heaven wasn't open. I'm going to get to it by, a, by an analogy. Um, this past week, our seminarians also uh, graduated. So many of you know Ryan Thibodeau. Uh, he graduated from St. Ben's. He was here for... Um, a year or so. Um, St. Ben's Minor Seminary has this big thing they call bonfire. And every year, it's in the, it's in the fall, and the two seminaries, St. Ben's and Notre Dame, Minor Seminary and Major Seminary, they all come together at St. Ben's, and they have a football game, right? And it's the two schools competing against each other, right? You can take, you know, boys out of schools over here, but you can't take football out of the park. <laughs> so they have this huge football game, and it's like, it is absolutely incredible. And part of it is the preparation of the guys at St. Ben's. They build a 20 to 30 foot bonfire. So they spend weekend after weekend going into the woods, cutting down trees, huge trees, and they build this big, it looks like a big pyramid. It's massive, all right? It almost looks like a big Lincoln Log Eiffel Tower, like it's huge. And you could say that this was, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool because there's like this one moment after the football game, you go eat, and then you have the lighting of the bonfire. It's this magnificent moment where all the seniors are gathered around, and it's pitch black outside, and they all have these big torches. And the rector of the seminary does the blessing of the bonfire. And then the seniors all rush into the big old Eiffel Tower of a bonfire, and they throw their, uh, their torches in and just lights up. And man, it's like this incredible moment, like all this testosterone just rushes out. You can just like fill the air with all this masculinity. It's rah! And then they start running around the fire. It's the craziest thing. So anyway, very animalistic. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's a magnificent moment. And you realize at that moment that this bonfire was not meant to just be looked at, right? It wasn't meant to just be, a, you know, four sides of a big old bonfire that never got lit, right? The bonfire was meant to be lit. Without it, just a pretty little tower. It was meant for something more than just to be gazed upon. It was meant to burn. 
That was the purpose of it. And it wouldn't be complete. It wouldn't accomplish its purpose until it started to burn. All right? I want you to remember that as we walk through the passion, death, and resurrection. Because Jesus was meant to open up the gates of heaven. That's why he came. Right? And he did it in a very, very particular way. All right? So the ascension basically is the end of the story. We know the beginning of the story, right? God became man, little baby Jesus, right? We know the beginning of the story, but that part of the story didn't open up the gates of heaven. We know the middle of the story, Jesus walks amongst the people and he performed amazing miracles, but those miracles did not open the gates of heaven. And then Jesus, we know the passion of Jesus, the scourging of Jesus, the crowning of Jesus didn't open up the gates of heaven. The crucifixion of Jesus saved us of our sins. It's his blood that paid the price, but it didn't open the gates of heaven. Jesus rose from the dead and walked the face of the earth for 40 days. Didn't open up the gates of heaven. It's not until today, the ascension, it did it. The ascension opens up the gates of heaven, and that's what we see happen right here in our reading. First reading, Jesus is talking to his apostles, and he says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the world. That power he's speaking about is next weekend. It's Pentecost. So get ready. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And it says, as he said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him from their sight. That's basically a prophecy from Isaiah chapter 19. that says the Lord comes on a cloud. Right? So Jesus is taken up in a cloud up into heaven. And then there's an angel that stands there and he goes, Men of Galilee, why do you keep looking up into heaven? You know? I could imagine, like, what was that moment like? You're just talking to Jesus, all of a sudden he's just bloop, he just goes up. You're like, whoa, what happened? Right? And they're looking there and wonder, like, well, I can't believe what, like, this really just happened. And then all of a sudden, poof, there's two angels. You're like, okay, that just happened too. Right? Two angels looking at me, Men of Galilee, why are you just looking up into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up by the cloud, is going to return on the cloud. Right? So speaking of what happened right now, he's taken up in heaven, and that he's coming back. It's going to be a second coming, right? And he's going to come in the same way. And so it's really important for us to see this. Because what happened when Jesus ascended? A lot of people will think about that. Did he just like go up to heaven and like, okay, now it's all done? No. A couple things happened. Very, very important things happened. One of the things that happened was that he went to what they call the realm of Abraham's bosom. All right? This is like the holding spot. This is the spot where the holy prophets of the Old Testament, King David, Elijah, Isaiah the prophet, right? all these holy guys, the prophets, um, this is where they went. Because why? Well, the gates of heaven weren't open yet. So they had to go somewhere. And at that point, you only had three choices. It was either Abraham's bosom, it was purgatory, or it was hell. Right. And so if you were like really like a good guy and you were a prophet, um, you, you were going to go somewhere. Hopefully it wasn't hell. But uh, but you were going to Abraham's bosom. Now, Abraham's bosom for the Jews, they understood it to be a place of bliss, a place of happiness. Right. There was no pain, no sorrow. But Abraham's bosom, you were not seeing the full vision of God's face. Right. That's what it was. It was just a place of joy that unimaginable joy, but you were not seeing and dwelling in the Holy Trinity's life of what heaven would be. 
So one of the places that Jesus went after the ascension, he went up to Abraham's bosom and he gathers all of them. Imagine, it would have probably been John the Baptist would have probably been in there. His dad, Joseph. Yeah, I'm sure Joseph was in there. And he took them and he led them up into heaven. And so there must have been this amazing, triumphant, joyful procession of all the saints that have gone before them that gave his life. It might have sounded something like Ephesians 4. He ascended on high and he took prisoners captive. The prisoners he's speaking about are those souls. They were captive. They couldn't get out. And Jesus took them and processed up into heaven with them. They were the first ones to go. I would think personally, Joseph was probably right next to him. I mean, that was his dad. I'm pretty sure Joseph was like walking right next to him, getting into the gates of heaven, right? So Jesus is opening up the gates of heaven with this triumphant, joyful, unbelievable moment. So that's the first. Those of Abraham's bosom were now joining the Lord. The other one would have been the souls in purgatory. Right? These were the souls that died outside of God's perfect grace. Right? They still had some cleaning up to do. They weren't quite clean in their souls. Right? They didn't die with mortal sin, but they died with some venial sin and some effects of mortal sin that had to be purged because the Lord says nothing unclean can enter the kingdom of heaven. And so they were in heaven's hospital. We'll say it that way. Right? And so God goes, Jesus goes, and also brings those souls that were there up into heaven. So this would have been an incredible moment, right? This is the end of the story. Yes, it's about the birth of Jesus. Yes, it's about his miracles manifesting that he was the Messiah. Yes, it was about his passion and death. Without it, we would not be saved. Yes, it was about the resurrection. But yes, it is also about the ascension of Jesus. And this is the great desire that we all have. It's why you're here. Mass still is not mandatory. It's not obligatory for you to be here. Why are you here? Hopefully because something inside of you wants to go to heaven. Right? How many of you want to go to heaven? Please raise your hand, everybody. All right, good. All right, good. Very, very good. All right? Like, this is, this is why we're here. It's because there's a desire inside of us that yearns for heaven. We're made for something more than just this world, and Jesus knows it. That while we're in this world, yes, as the shepherd says, as the psalm says, it we may be experiences of the valley of darkness, but God is with us. And he wants to take us into heaven. And so this is the great thing. Jesus came to prepare a place for us. Without the ascension, none of the other stuff makes sense. This is the end of the story. Right? And this is what we prepare ourselves for. It's why we're here. It's why we do acts of charity. It's why we have a prayer life. It's why we seek confession. It's why we come to the sacraments. Why? Because we want to go to heaven. This is not the end of the story. Heaven is. That's what we're made for. The scripture says, until we get to heaven, we're just in exile. Our real homeland is up above. And none of that opened up until this moment. right? This one continuous act of Jesus' passion, death, resurrection, and ascension. So today we celebrate a great gift. right? And so maybe in our hearts we ask the Lord, increase in my heart a desire for heaven. right? Let us desire that with all we got. And that's going to affect the choices we make. It's going to affect why we wake up in the morning. It's going to affect why we go to work. It's going to affect how we treat people. It's going to be affecting how we live with our families. It's going to affect how I live my life as a priest. That desire for heaven is going to be fulfilled if we desire it with all of our heart. We will live it in order to get us there. Amen? Amen.